Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and we have got a fantastic guest with us today. I have to tell you, I absolutely adore podcasting because we get access to these most amazing people who have these amazing experiences and we get to talk to them and find out what their journey was like and and what helped them and what hindered them and all these wonderful things. And so today we're going to be talking with Catherine McCord. Now in 2014, she founded Titan Management, a national people operations consulting firm, and then In 2021, she shook up HR tech by designing the first ever fully accessible anti-bias applicant tracking system plugin that fires the resume and showcases company diversity. Catherine, welcome to Phoenix and Flame. Thank you so much for having me. And by the way, I love that in your intro, you called me both fantastic and awesome. And that has just made my day. So thank you. (laughs) Drop the mic. I'm done. (laughs) You did it. Success. (laughs) All right, girl. Well, there's some other things about your history that I want to share. So you are successful with six invisible disabilities, not in spite of them. That's right. You have bipolar disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, and misophonia, and also multiple physical diagnoses, including a seizure disorder. And you say that your neurodiversity is your super power. This is so interesting to me. I love diversity. I love hearing people's walk and their journey. I'm really interested. So start to fill the listeners in and fill me in on what it has been like for you. Start wherever you would like, and we'll just meander around and get to wherever we need to get. We'll we'll get there. It'll be fine. We'll we'll just, we'll get there. So, um, so I do, I do have six invisible disabilities and actually my doctor keeps trying to tack on a few more and I've told her, no, ma'am, we have cut it off at six. We're done. This is the maximum allowed. You've just got to lump it in with something else. We're not having any more diagnoses, um, <laughs> at least not for another decade. So I, I do. I, I have a multiple uh, physical and neuro diagnoses. And neurodiversity, for anybody listening, by the way, is just a medically visible and or diagnosable difference in how the brain and body process information and stimuli. So everything from like cerebral palsy and seizure disorders over to like autism, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, on over to the mental health spectrum of OCD, bipolar, anxiety, uh, Tourette, all of this type of thing. So, um, and actually Tourette's not as much mental health. Sorry about that. But <laughs> but anyway, that's that whole kind of spectrum um, is, is neurodiversity and, and kind of the whole concept there is that different is not a deficit which science finally caught up to, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that more here in a minute. Um, but I do, I have so many, so many, so many things wrong with me. I don't, I don't even know. Like, I just, well, I think that I'm secretly 80 years old and just nobody <laughs> told me is what happened. Um, because, and I did, this is a true story. I had out, so I, I love Aflac, by the way. So this is actually a plug for that. They're great auxiliary benefits, but 
uh, years ago, I had them call me when I had signed up for their benefits and go, Miss McCord, we're so sorry. We got your age wrong. And we went through the whole process and we figured out that they got my age right. But they were like, what? Like all because all of my health conditions made it look like I was like so much older than Oh my goodness. And I was like 26 when this happened and they were so embarrassed. I was like, no, no, it's good that you checked. That's perfectly fine. It's okay. But they were just so embarrassed. It was hilarious. Um, oh. But I've, I've been different since, since childhood. Um, I, my mom first noticed it when I was about three years old, three or four years old, that I had obsessive compulsive uh, disorder. And uh, my parents had the most beautiful response ever that they just stared into it. And they were like, this is who you are. Cool. No problem. We're just going to roll with it. And it's all right. And they they taught me the strengths that go with all these different things about me. And then they taught me how to accommodate the rest of it. Because neurodiversity has both the disability aspect and the benefit aspect. So it's this kind of funky balance. And so they did. They They just steered into it, as did the rest of my family. They're just like, all right, well, that's Catherine. No problem. Yeah, it's all right. And then as the rest of it started to develop, the exact same thing happened. And so um, I, I was unusually, unusually privileged in that way to have a family that could wrap their brains around it the way that they did and that could embrace it with nothing but love and support. And yes, and acceptance and looking at the pros. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you, when, when you first ran into, we'll call it the blades or the, the buzzsaw of the the people that are not open to diversity, the ones that are more homogenous and they don't have, you know, their mindset is more set on what they know. And, and sometimes, let's just be perfectly honest, sometimes people, it's just, it's an ignorance thing. They just have never been around something. Yeah. And so they're like, I don't understand why you act this way. I don't understand why you speak this way. I don't understand why you do these things versus right. other people. There's other groups of people that it's not an ignorance thing. It's a malicious thing. It's a mean spirited kind yeah. of thing. And so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I more than likely have some listeners out there who are walking the path that you have walked. And so I'd like to sort of go back there with you and maybe have you share what that was like, because you started out, fortunately, in such a wonderful, lovely nest of, of parents did. that were welcoming and accepting and said, hey, these are the great parts about, you know, how the neurodiversity is impacting your life. But at yeah. some point or another, you ran into these other individuals. I ran into the jerks. I did. <laughs> Unintentional or otherwise, I did. But you don't want to know what's funny? So my natural setting and I don't know how this came to be other than that I, I have other people in my family like this. So there's just some genetic component to this that my automatic assumption, if you don't like me, is that you are defective. <laughs> that if you, that if you, and I don't mean like you don't like me, like we just aren't going to be the best of friends. That's not what I mean. I just mean like if you just like think that I'm wrong or bad or incorrect, you're just defective and I don't know what to do with you like that I'm sorry for you that this is your experience but that's so as a child that's how I automatically responded it it didn't occur to me that this other person was correct because all of the brilliant smart people in my life said no you're great and my instinct said yeah you're great so I was like okay you're just weird whatever and just would kind of keep on going um and so, and so that and again that's just me that is my unique 
little brain. But I was also always very defensive of my friends that were not that way and who would become hurt because like neurodiversity attracts, right? We, we're just like little magnets to each other. We're just drawn in, in, in this little vacuum to, to one another. And I was always highly defensive of my friends who would be hurt or experience pain um, from the, the kind of rejection of other people. Mm-hmm. And my instinct there was always to reassure them that they were awesome. And then to uh, actually my very first instinct was to be kind of not physically, but verbally attacky to other people um, when I was young and I would shut them down, like make them cry and be like, no, you're the one that's bad. They're good. You're being bad. And then I learned earlier that, that that's not how you do that. You know, that's you know, <laughs> little Catherine. That was her initial like instinct, right? Protective instinct. The tiger yep. kind of came out. Um, yeah. And then you learn better ways to do that um, as you get older and how to actually work with that. Um, so now adult Catherine's response to this, uh, whenever I run into it, even now uh, when people respond that way to me, which does occasionally happen, uh, not as often, not near as often, but uh, what I do is I just respond with education now and I teach them because if it's just a matter of, I don't know, which is quite often the case to your point, that is, that is the most likely, I would say that, probably 97 to 98% of people out there that struggle to understand this. It's just a lack of knowledge. So I share that knowledge with them and I talk to them about it and I let them ask all of their questions and I tell them, look, nothing's off limits. You're not going to offend me. Just go. And they get so excited that they can ask all these questions and just let things come out of your mouth, out of their mouths and, and ask the question that they've always been afraid to ask, you know, and I give them that, that opportunity and that creates a lot of growth and then a lot of times you get really wonderful advocates out of that out of that experience but you have to be in a place where you're ready to do that there are days there are a few days um i would say a year not very many when i'm like not today i would love to i really want to talk to you about this not today let's put a time on the calendar because Mm -hmm. today i'm too that tiger's going to come back out, right? I, I love that. I love that, that you're kind of, you're honoring of that, you know, kind of where you're standing emotionally and mentally in that moment. And if yeah. you're not ready to give them education, then you, you don't just say, well, forget it. You say, let's no. put a time on the calendar. Let's come back around to it, you know, so that yes. I can tell you later and we can, yeah. you know, have the discussion. We can work then. on this. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's my choice. I, I choose to be an educator. I choose to be a voice. And because I've made that choice, I feel that it is always, always my honor and my obligation to provide that education for other people. Um, And for other people who don't want to be an educator, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But I would say still be an ally for yourself and still be willing to have those conversations on behalf of you that you need to have. So not just with the whole public, but with people like maybe your employer your partner, your friends, and be willing to kind of have those conversations to educate them because these are the people that you've chosen for your life, right? And so you you want to give them a little bit more priority, but you have to learn to respond in curiosity, not ego, both sides. That's that's wonderful. I, I love the way you're explaining this. And I also have a question. Sometimes we run into people who have uh, different um, neurodiverse situations going on with them, different diagnoses. And sometimes because of their background or their personality or fill in the blank, 
um, they tend to take more of a victim stance. And sometimes mm. they, they will kind of want to use different things to, I've run into people along the way, not a lot, thankfully, but I know someone very, very close to me, actually, that kind of would use different things that she struggled with as a manipulative ploy to kind oh, of say, yes. no, oh, this yes. is, that is you have to very use real. all of this and I get, I get all these things. So I'm really interested because I love your mindset and I love your, your owning and your honoring and accepting of, of the, the neurodiverse issues that you have had. So I'm just kind of wondering what your take would be on, on those individuals out there that are adding in that whole victim thing, because you do not seem to be that way at all. As a matter of fact, the opposite, you're like, this is my superpower. So how do you, what is your feeling toward those that are doing the opposite? Um, part of it can be where they are. So I give a lot of grace. Um, it could be that everybody in their life has told them that they're broken. So they really don't know better. And that's just the truth. You see so much of that. You see so much that their whole lives, in fact, I get messages about this relatively frequently of, oh my God, thank you for telling me that I'm not broken. My whole life, I thought I was broken. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and it changes so much for them to just know the facts that scientifically, <laughs> medically speaking, no, you are not broken. You are just mm-hmm. different from other humans. And again, there's tons of science behind that. We don't have to get into that. But if anyone wants to know, they can reach out. So I give a lot of grace for that. I give a lot of grace or maybe they just got diagnosed and the pain has hit them of that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what does this mean for me? What is this confusion for me? Right. Um, So I give a lot of grace for both of those, those two things. What I don't give grace for at all are the people who choose to use this as a way to manipulate others. And I want to differentiate that one thing is that there's neurodiversities that happen, right? That's a thing. And then there are choices that we make to be ugly, manipulative, hurtful, and people in the disability community and people in neurodiverse community are not immune from those kinds of choices. You know, there is no like, oh, we're just so innocent over here because we have these things going on. No, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) That's not it. Um, And so there are the people that choose to use that to manipulate. And these are the same people that would use anything. They would use anything like, oh, my dog died or, oh, my, whatever the world it is that that they feel is their, their particular tragedy. And, and so that is its own thing. I completely separate that from their neurodiversity or from their disability or whatever it is that's gone on with them. I separate Mm -hmm. that. And like this right here is a problem. All this over here, I'll support you with your neurodiversity stuff or your disability stuff or whatever. But this behavior, uh uh-uh, no. And I treat it just like anybody else who would be manipulative or ridiculous. And I have known a couple of those folks. Mm -hmm. I have. And I just shut them down. I just shut them down. Like, no, no. (laughs) That's not it. You you have a stance now. You can say, you know, because you're experiencing so much of that. And you can say, I know what it's like. And so I know that this is not going to roll. It's, it's but that's little... not even it, though. It's not even that. So just so you know, like, that's not even it because every manifestation is different. So I, there is no, like, just because I know somebody with autism, just because I have bipolar, just because I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Now, there are times I flat out caught people like, oh, no, see, that's just factually not part of that diagnosis. So 
either you've been told wrong or you're full of it. Um, but um, sometimes they've been told wrong. There are a lot of doctors out there that that misdiagnose. But anyway, um, but that is very rare. Typically, um, typically what you see is that um, it's it's not about I have the right to tell you this. It's this is the behavior I'm going to accept versus not. And anytime yeah. that somebody's being manipulative, and anytime that somebody is trying to be controlling, you have the right to stop that. And that doesn't matter, even if they have a nerd, and there are a couple of mental health concerns that can cause that type of behavior, it does not matter. You have the right to stop that and to say, no, thank you. And the way that you can do that is, uh, and you want to make sure that you're kind of walking that line is, I'm here to support your needs, but I also need you to be mindful and please not manipulate and please not exude this controlling behavior. So let them know, I'm here to support you. I got you, but we're not, we're not going to be using this manipulation tactic. No, thank you to that. I love, love your explanation of that. That is so helpful because being a psychotherapist and also in, in relationships personally, I, I'm kind of a rubber meets the road kind of person. I know how real right. life plays out. And so I love the way you explain that because it's just kind of, I can see, I can imagine that somebody saying that and that being very effective. Um, mm -hmm. I want to wrap back real briefly when you were talking about sometimes when people get diagnosed, you know, there's that, they thought that there was something wrong with them. And when they finally get the diagnosis, sometimes there's a process. It's not unusual for me to have diagnosed someone for the very first time as an adult with ADHD oh, yeah. and they have been struggling so long yes. and they thought they thought there was something off they thought they were stupid mm -hmm. they thought that they were just yeah. they were scatterbrained they'd been called names they they try to go through school and they they couldn't do what their what their cohorts could do sometimes yeah. and they, they couldn't process they couldn't remember they couldn't do reading comprehension and so it was like when they were finally diagnosed and I'm like you know what it sounds strikingly like you have ADHD and they just yeah. stare at me. They're like, what? And I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's potentially try some medication and see what it does because the ADHD brain responds very differently Yes, to the yes, medication than a non-ADHD brain. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, a lot of people do not realize that. In fact, um, I, I had to, to talk to a woman who was on, um, uh, who was on Facebook and she was talking about her son and how they were going to be medicating his ADHD with marijuana. And I was like, no, do not do just the opposite. Please God, do not do that to your child for so many reasons. A, they're a child and that, you know, anyway, but that was a whole other, whole other conversation. But yes, the, the body responds very differently uh, in folks with ADHD. In fact, no. um, a friend of mine and I discussed how she realized after her diagnosis that that's why she behaved certain ways with alcohol that her body just, and it wasn't like she was bad or awful, but it's just her behavior is very different than most people's. Her bodily response was very different to alcohol. And so it was, it was interesting for her to kind of, yeah. kind of realize how all of these things played, uh, played into it. And you're right. It, it does. It explains so much for people. A lot of times they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, that's what it is. Like, and it can be a relief. It can be. It can be a source of pain. It can be a source of relief. And it's, I think a lot of it's how the provider gives the information. So when I'm speaking yeah. to like doctors, nurses, um, yeah. psychotherapists, et cetera, yes. one of the things I tell them mm -hmm. is be sure that when you say it, it's not, it doesn't have the, you have cancer tone. 
okay? Like, make sure that we're not giving them a death sentence, okay? Like, just make sure that you're communicating both sides, the disability aspect and the benefit aspect, right? And make sure mm. that you're talking to them just very practically. And another thing that I encourage people to do is to let them know, remember, this isn't actually new. You have a name for it now, but this is still just you. You are still you. And this is just a part of you. This is not you. You are not whatever this diagnosis is. This diagnosis is no different than a finger on your hand. Uh -huh. And nobody goes, I am my finger. That's ridiculous. Uh -huh. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to define themselves by this finger. You know, that'd be very, very odd. So, <laughs> um, but but you you want to embrace this. You want to, to learn to take care of it, right? You want to work with it, not against it. Um, like you said, making sure you have the right treatment or medication or whatever it is that you're going to do. And I do believe in all different types of uh, treatment methods, but you should treat. You do need to self-care no matter how you do it. And just embracing all that and, and taking care of this part of you, but also knowing it's just a part. It does not define you. I love that. I love it so much. It kind of reminds me, and I'll just say this just briefly because I have some other questions for you. When I'm talking to a patient that has OCD and they start going into the well, but I yeah. start, I've got to, just the other day, but I, I have to have the ornaments just so, so on my tree. I was driving me crazy. I have to, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's, that's the OCD. We call it the OCD loop. I said, that's, right. that's, that's the OCD loop. You have a little extra loop yeah. in your brain that's doing that OCD loop thing. But I said, that's not who you are. That is something you have to deal with but that's not who you are as a person. And so then we talk about how do you deal, how do you lean into that and how do you deal with that? Now, I did want to say, I was, we said a diagnosis earlier that I'm not sure a lot of people know what it is. And I do because I've dealt with people that it frequently is, is coexisting with ADHD is misophonia. Would you take a moment and describe, because I might have a listener that has that and don't even know they have it. So, okay, the way that I this is not the medical definition. I want to be very clear about this, but this is my definition. Basically, there are certain sounds that make my neurosystem malfunction. Okay. And this isn't just like, oh, I don't like that sound. That isn't pleasant. It actually changes my neuropathway. So I will feel sometimes pain or discomfort in certain areas. I get very tense. I get very aggressive in some cases, like way too aggressive for what this <laughs> sound is doing. Um, it can cause me discomfort. It can cause me to not be able to keep my executive function at a certain level because all of my neuropathways just kind of fire off and it kind of interacts negatively with other things and it's not good. So basically certain sounds, and it's different for different people with misophonia, will make me malfunction. Um, what I love it. I love it. How do you feel just about Just keep going because I want to add something to it in just a minute, but I just keep rolling. <laughs> this sounds, sounds make me malfunction. Uh, one of the most uh, one of the most prevalent uh, diagnoses out there that has misophonia associated with it that can kind of help people visualize a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people with autism uh, experience misophonia. And so you'll see that like they don't they wear this, this the noise canceling headphones, which is also noise sensitivity, but also certain sounds will kind of make them like eh, I don't like that or they'll start you know, tapping or something like that when they hear certain sounds and that's processing through. Uh, the the audio malfunction that we're experiencing, but that's what that is. Yeah, and I do have <laughs> earbuds, by the way, that accommodate. <laughs> there is actually I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there is a woman, a young woman, that has some TikTok videos where she is trying to demonstrate 
and and I've watched I've watched these videos a few times to try to figure out whether this was just a bunch of hooey if she's just making this up or if it's legit because sometimes we all know sometimes people get on social media just to get okay. attention grabs and they're making stuff up and so I'm like oh, really yes. paying attention because oh, yes. I don't I don't like it when people oh, do yeah. that I want someone to be authentic I want them to be real right so but I've watched her and I I I yes. believe that she yes. is authentic but she has her sound is the styrofoam when when like a like a styrofoam container that you would put food in from a restaurant she tries to like move it or open it and she you can her whole body has a a visceral you can watch the visceral response that she has she can't even yeah she can't even i mean she's gagging and she can't even that's a it's a full-on neuro response that you have to certain sounds so it's not just not liking it it's just that like malfunction of like i can't i can't do this one of the sounds for me, and this always makes people giggle, is the sound of other people kissing. I'm like, <laughs> I, like I will actually like, like malfunction. Like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like, so, like, like, can't do it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Stop kissing. It's just, and I'm not like. In fact, it's so funny because I, I once had a friend of mine. I was out with some friends of mine who were in the LBGTQIA community. And one of the couples that was new to me, they did not know me, started kissing. And I started kind of like doing like that. And they were going to say something. And my friend goes, nope, it's a neurodiversity. It's not what you're thinking. It's <laughs> like, no, no, she's sound, not grossed right. out by you. She's just, it's the sound. She doesn't like the sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's it's oh one of those things. It's like, nope, that can't it, do it. It's, can't just, do it's it. not this funny to experience. But I mean, I'm glad we can kind of joke about it, you know. Just, but I, but see, you pointed out, see, they assume that's why it's important to talk. And that's why it's important to have these podcasts and stuff, because see, they were assuming, yes, and we all assume, right? We all assume stuff. They assumed that when yes. you had that, that yes. kind of reaction, that it was because that they were gay or whatever. And that was not the reason yes. why you were reacting mm-hmm. the way that it was the sound itself. Not it at not. all. And so that's, not a, even that's close. why it's important to talk and say, Hey, you know, I'm upset about this. <laughs> you know, were you reacting this way because we're gay and you, and they would give you an opportunity to say, no, I don't care about that at all. It's the sound. And like, so that's no. why I love the fact that we can encourage people <laughs> to be open and have transparent conversations and not feel judged yes. and just feel very, Hey, this is kind of what's going on with yes. me and let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. And let's not assume, like always, always remember that your response yes. has a lot more to do with your experience than it does with that other human, right? Like that we hear that a lot, but that's so very true. So you have to respond in curiosity. Mm-hmm. Hey, tell me about why that was your response to this. You know, um, it's the same thing. So <laughs> I, I want to say that I vehemently support public breastfeeding. I'm, I'm fine with it. I have zero complaints about it. But again, the suckling sound is one of those things. That, and so especially if I'm eating, that's a that's a big no-no for me. And so one time this this poor woman, she was sitting behind me in a booth and uh, at the other table and she started breastfeeding and I could hear it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, oh no. <laughs> and I tried moving to the other side and I could still hear it. And I was like, oh no. And so I went over to, and I was so like gentle about it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. This is, I have misophonia. 
that sound as like if there's any way you could sit on that side and I'll sit over there it would be, and I'll buy you a dessert. I will like I'm so sorry. And she was so nice to me about it. She was so flippant sweet and I so appreciated her because it was just a it was also a bad day. A lot mm-hmm. of times I can self-regulate. That was an off day. And I was like, okay, I can't, I can't get it under control. Um and she was so sweet and so kind about it. Um, which was which was very lovely. But now I do just for the record for anyone out there who experiences this that wants to know, I use the loop uh, earbuds and you can what they there's actually one of the versions where you can hear like oh, the conversation wow. that you want to hear, but it drowns lovely. out the other voice. And that's really yeah, it's really super helpful. And so yeah, so I highly recommend checking out loop earbuds. There's other brands as well, but okay. that's just the that is that amazing. Now Catherine, you had said that your missions are integrity, innovation, and inclusion. So I want to make sure that you have a platform because we have a few more minutes left for you to really kind of talk about what your (laughs) missions are and, you know, several questions, you know, about inclusion and how does mental health fit into the workplace and those type of things. I'd really like for you to have an opportunity to talk about that before we have to wrap up today. Yeah, sure. So really and truly, one of the uh, integrity it, for me, you, you can't go through life and not have, I don't understand how people go through life and don't have integrity. I, whatever your values are, need to be eat, lived and breathed at all moment, need to be uncompromisable. There is no compromising of my integrity. And that's one thing I let all my clients know, um, anybody who books me to speak, anything like that, I'm like, look, this, this is it. I was like, look, I'm flexible on so many things, but when it comes to my integrity and markers of, of ethics, there is no compromise. Um, and that, so, so that's my, that's the integrity aspect, the innovation I've got. I, that's the neurodiversity in me. I, I, I'm always just thinking of different ways, new ways, the best way I don't do that. Oh, this is how it's always been done. This is no, whatever the best way is, that's what we're going to do. And, and I love to shake things up and find new ways and find new ways to be helpful as part of inclusion, which rolls into an inclusion, right? Inclusion. I think is a really misunderstood term. You see a lot of pushback against inclusion, which is utterly ridiculous to me because it makes no sense. So, and, and one of the things I've, I've kind of started saying to people that has made some light bulbs go off is I say inclusion is the ultimate expression of freedom and embrace and embracing of freedom. Because what you're saying is you get to be you as long as you're not obviously hurting another human being physically or something you get to be you and we will fully embrace that and we will embrace you working as you are living as you are all of this and i get to do that too i'm completely different from you but i get to do that too and that's what it is so it's this embracing of freedom and i don't think that there's anything more beautiful than that and 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 embracing everyone exactly as they are, because that's the part that we miss. We get the diversity part, right? We, we hire all the people or we're friends with all the people or whatever, you know, whatever it is. We, we got that part down. It's the embracing them as they are that we struggle with. We're always trying to change people. We want people to be this way. We want people to be that way. Oh, it's not normal for this. Oh, it's not normal for that. All of that is you. That is your normal. That is your healthy. That is your way to do certain things. It is different for mm-hmm. every person. And so to just do exactly as my parents, who I think were light years ahead in parenting, just um, and how they handled me, um, to do what they did and to give that 
this is who you are. Great. Let's steer into it. Just do that. You know, just, just steer into however people are, support them being it healthy, working in natural ways to them. And by the way, this works. So if you're, if you're in the workplace, you can tell your employer that Hewlett Packard started a program that proved that when you embrace people working in ways that are natural to them, that their productivity increases over 30%, that, that retention goes up, that they release their whole study, that uh, innovation goes up, uh, the health of the employees goes up, hiring, so on and so forth, and eventually it ultimately increases profits as well. And that's since been duplicated in other companies as well. So if you're in the workplace, just tell people, look, if you support me like this, my productivity is going to go up and here's a study that proves it. And just pull up that Hewlett Packard study. It's very easily accessible and just show it to them. It works. So inclusion to me is about embracing freedom and about embracing people being able to live healthy lives. I love it. That's Catherine, cool. I appreciate your time and your experience and transparency and mm-hmm. your personality and your, your diversity and everything. <laughs> it's just been so wonderful <laughs> to spend this time with you today. And, and I know Thank you. every, my listeners are going to be so they're going to benefit so much from what you, what you've said and what you've shared. So I know there's going to be listeners out there that are Thank thinking, you. This has been like a little a little taste. I would like a lot more of what Catherine McCord has to say. So where do they go? Where do they go to get more of you and more of what you have to share? Reach out. I love to meet people. Come connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. Come connect with me. Uh, reach out. We can talk about whatever's going on with you personally, professionally, whatever. Let's just do it. Let's have a conversation. Um, I also have a speaker website. You can see more of my bios, photos, photos from my life, all of that. In fact, that's some of that's getting updated today. Um, so that's kmccordspeaking.com. Um, and then if you ever want me to come speak or teach at your place of business, please do reach out to me. I do some pro bono work still. Um, so if there's like a charitable organization or anything like that, don't hesitate to reach out due to budget constrictions. But um, And then also be aware go to the neuroverse join the neuroverse.org so that's join the neuroverse n e u r o v e r s e.org and there are a lot of wonderful resources there around neurodiversity and we're going to be having some great virtual events coming up it's a brand new nonprofit that i founded around neurodiversity and then next year we're going to have the first ever neuro wonderlands in uh, in august in new york and so please uh, feel free to follow us to keep track of that and consider coming. It's going to be. That's awesome. Now, listeners, I will have all of this in the show notes. Now, Catherine, let me ask you, I had titanmanagementusa.com. Is that, is that a still, is that a place they can go or not? Oh yes. Oh yeah. That's my business site. Um, If you want any consulting, if you want me to handle your hiring, if you want to learn more about uh, incorporating true inclusion into your workplace, absolutely. You can go to titanmanagementusa.com or again, reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Fabulous. Catherine, thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. So guys, I know without a doubt, unequivocally, that you have heard things today that you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And also you might be thinking, hey, I've got a friend or I've got a coworker or I've got a relative who this is right up their alley. They've been experiencing all these things, some of these things that Catherine was talking about. I want them to hear this this podcast episode. Then 
put the episode on your, your favorite social media platforms, copy and paste it in texting, copy and paste the link in emails, get the word out there. We can really reach out in our Phoenix and Flame community and support one another and really include and take this walk together. I hope your day has been great. I hope the rest of it goes fantastically. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.